Welcome to You Can't Laugh at Work, part of the You Can't Laugh at That podcast. We invite leaders from top workplaces to prove that not only can you laugh at work, the same traits that make a great comedian also make a great leader. Today's guest is CEO and co-founder of Soundstripe, Travis Terrell. Soundstripe is a music licensing company that provides the search tools for you to find the right music, sound effects, and video for your project, whether it's a video, a podcast, or whatever it is that you're making, their goal is to keep creatives creating. And Travis himself is a a musician who transitioned into this realm of uh, using tech in order to keep the creatives creating. And I thought he was a perfect guest for our podcast because Soundstripe is consistently recognized as a top workplace in Tennessee, and it is one of Tennessee's fastest growing companies. And they really do have an innovative mindset for how they approach creativity in the workplace and allow their creatives to keep creating. And in this episode, we talk a little bit about what it means to be creative and the unfortunate box that we tend to try to shove creativity into as a society that's incredibly limiting. Creativity is a process, and we dive into what that means in this conversation. But I'll stop talking so you can start enjoying this episode of You Can't Laugh at Work. But before we get to that, this podcast is brought to you by Water Cooler Comedy. What if your team was as excited to clock in on Monday morning as they were for that first drink on Friday night? As the workforce continues to shift and deal with new disruptions and distractions, Leaders are looking for answers as to how they can bring their teams together, recruit and retain top talent, and be ready for the next unexpected adversity. Turns out, when humor plays an active role in the workplace experience, it can help solve all of those challenges. And at Water Cooler Comedy, it's our mission to turn your company into one where laughing together is part of building a stronger culture and improving the problem-solving process. From customized corporate comedy experiences, to keynotes, to comedy workshops, to online training, and one-on-one consulting, and more, Water Cooler Comedy can help make your company one where people come together to laugh around the water cooler, whether it's in person or virtual. Schedule a free consultation today at watercoolercomedy.org forward slash booking, or learn more about us at watercoolercomedy.org, because we want to help you make work the time and place to laugh. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. You were were saying? No, I was going to say, whatever your audience, uh, you know, whoever your audience is, I'd love to just, you know, help them as much as possible or be whatever it is that I'm I'm here for you and whatever you would really like. (laughs) Yeah, really, uh, really the outcome that I'm looking for in an ideal world. um, I want people to stop taking themselves so damn seriously. And uh, and incorporating that as part of a culture, you know, I have I have a background in comedy, and I'm really obsessed with why people laugh, right? And uh, and and seeing the parallels between what makes a comedian great and what makes a leader great is, is too tough for me to ignore. And so that's kind of the angle that I've taken in my training programs, in my speaking programs, and in my podcast. Um, it. it took a while to get here as, as a fellow artist, I'm sure you can tell it takes a while to kind of really discover your voice, so to speak. And, uh, and so that's really the point of this, this podcast to prove that you can laugh at work. It's okay. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. 
Yeah, so thank you for taking the time. Uh, that, that voice that you're hearing and that face that you're seeing, if you are watching this, that is Travis Terrell of uh, Soundstripe out of Nashville. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your inspiration behind why, why you do what you do? Well, I think the, 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 if I really got to it, to the bottom of it, Micah, which is my business partner and I, um, we started Soundstripe because we, we couldn't afford to pay our mortgage <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and we were, you know, the starving artists that, that a lot of people are. And we realized that, you know, it, it, when we actually first moved to Nashville, which is around 2008 or nine, uh, you know, streaming had just started, uh, you know, Napster was still a thing, right. And all of this stuff. So it was, uh, it was a new world in which it was really hard to make a uh, sustainable living doing what you were, what you wanted to do in the music business. And we didn't want to become Beyonce. We just wanted to pay our house bill. And that was really what we tried to figure out. So we, we were a production team for four years and uh, we produced artists and we produced jingles that you'd hear on TV and commercials and things like that. Uh, we did that for four years and then we call that our four year period of freelance hell. And we were just constantly looking for the next artist to produce and the next thing to do. Um, and that's when we learned about like music licensing and we don't have to get into all of that, but it's, it's really kind of, it, it inspired us, number one, that we saw all of our other friends that were really, really talented in Nashville and LA and New York that were just barely inking by. And we got really passionate about that. Uh, and then the second thing that we realized is, oh, music licensing is really boring and like, like archaic still, and it's still done on paper and uh, with all these labels and publishers. So could we make that a technology business? Could we, you know, sort of automate that whole process? Um, and we got super lucky with everyone now is creating content, you know, on YouTube and Instagram and everywhere. So we got really lucky with the timing of creating this, um, like almost Netflix style subscription to stock music and then with everyone making content. So, you know, it, it really inspires me every day to get up and help provide income, consistent income for creative people and for artists and musicians. And that's, that's pretty amazing to me. Um, and it's, and it's, it's, uh, uh, progressed and evolved over the years, you know? Um, but, but that's, that's really why we get up and do what we do. I, I was uh, reading the transcript of an interview that you did, and I thought it was really interesting that you had values in place before you like started the actual company, um, which, and, and, you know, people see that and think, Oh, that's back ass words. But like, but really it, it, it demonstrates that you have the why uh, beneath everything. Um, kind of explain how you, how you came to, um, these conclusions as to why these certain values should be your values. 
Well, they all came naturally. And, and, and the quick story for your audience is that I, you know, I, I went to my business partner, Micah, and I said, hey, I think we need a culture deck and I think we need some values for our company. And I, I maybe had four or five that I'd been tossing around and I just put them in a, a PowerPoint and I presented to him on the back porch. And, and he just looked at me like I was crazy. And he was like, what are you doing? We don't even have a business yet. <laughs> we don't even have anything to sell. Um, and, and it was about a year or two before we actually started the company. Uh, and, and, but, you know, I'm such a, maybe a long-term thinker. Uh, he's much more of the action oriented doer person. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, but he, he came around and it, it was, uh, I think, amazing. We, we basically kind of knew what kind of company we wanted to start even before the, the, what the company was going to do and sell. Uh, we knew, you know, from, we knew that we wanted to create a culture. We knew that culture was intentional. It wasn't just something that kind of just happened. Uh, and we didn't want our culture to happen to us. <laughs> we wanted to, <laughs> Uh, we wanted to be um, uh, in the driver's seat of it. So we, honestly, we kind of picked through a couple of books. I was an ad, I still am an avid reader. So I just sort of found a few things that I, I like to feel like, like phrases and, and words that, that made sense to me. And then it took another like year or two to solidify what those, those values were we at you know asked early employees and they would kind of help us figure it out as well so it was kind of a very natural process it wasn't a uh, okay let's sit down and write our values out you know like i could imagine enron doing <laughs> did yeah. you know like enron's core values are like respect integrity you know all of these things that they weren't and it's probably they got in some boardroom you know with a bunch of suits and they're like hmm, i wonder and they just wrote down five words yeah. uh and so for us it took a year or two to, to to kind of work through that i feel like we're still working through them you know it's sort of um one of our one of our core values is date the model marry the mission and really all that means is that you're going to like, like date the, you're not going to get married to the how in which you do things that will always change inside the company. Uh, you know, to say, well, that's how we do things here at Soundstripe is not really a phrase that you hear much because people are always willing to take a look at the system in which was created and say, well, it, it used to work, but now it doesn't work anymore. That, so we, we kind of, uh, we're, we're not as stone wall on that, but we're pretty uh, staunch on our uh, mission, why we do what we do. That doesn't change a whole lot. Um, so that's kind of one of the, you know, we take a very agile approach to even the values. It's like, there may be a value that, you know, um, 10 years from now, it doesn't work. Uh, in, in the first year. And so that's, that's kind of how we approach that. Mm. I'd like to, to parallel that to stand up comedy. You know, if you're okay. a, a comic and you know, something is funny, the joke around that will change. You'll, you'll tweak it uh, according to audience response. Uh, maybe this, you know, maybe this story isn't the, the best story to prove that 
what's funny is funny, how can I change that? And so the how does change. And that kind of centers around that Simon Sinek, you know, start with why the, the golden circle. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. Oh, of course. And, you know, music's the same way. I, I used to be a, a professional musician. Uh, I played a lot of jazz music. So jazz is, I think, kind of like comedy in a way. Like oh, yeah. there's like, there, there's a lot of parallels, I think, to musicians and comedians, um, you know, that, but, but one is, is that you have the structure, uh, and, but every night could look a little different depending on are people in a good mood or people, you know, um, do they care at all? Are they responding to something you're playing? Um, and then you, you, you kind of lean into that, that a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. And we kind of, at the company, we, uh, you know, in, in software development land, there's there's something called agile development, and then there's something called waterfall. And waterfall is kind of like uh, when Windows 98 came out, and you went to um, Walmart and you bought it in this box, uh, in this box of CDs, and it was it had to be perfect because it was going out in the box, and there was not it couldn't be improved upon after that. Um, and, and there may be an update maybe a year later with this, another CD or something. Uh, but agile development is sort of, it, you, you, you put something out there and you sort of learn from customers and you learn from the people, the audience, uh, how are they responding to it? And then you kind of tweak from there and it's a constant tweaking process. That's how we built Soundstripe. Um, there was no... Ta-da, here it is. It, it did not come out perfect when we started. It sort of has been a, a five-year uh, tweak ever since, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I just did a podcast interview last night, and, and that's kind of the point that we made is, is that a joke is never done. Uh, a culture is never done. Uh, a product, like nowadays, like, like you were saying, you can you can constantly tweak based off of the uh, audience response. I mean, that Fortnite model, you know, uh, just releasing a beta version and then just adding layers to it, taking things out that people don't like. That's uh, it's I, huge. I, yeah, apply that to your to your culture. Uh, what what are some uh, what are some things along the way where you were like, oh, maybe that's not a thing that's that's that, that's working so great. What if we did it the, this way to make it better? Well, funny enough, our culture has evolved a lot. I would say it's it's a healthy culture. I love the company, but you know, starting out, like Micah, uh, my business partner, is just—he's a guy who's a band guy. He would walk around shirtless the entire day <laughs> in our little office, and and like, and there was maybe one or two females around. Um, He's the best guy ever, but like literally just <laughs> would just walk around because he's just hot all the time and just like, it, so it was that kind of culture. And then we got to like eight employees or something. And I was like, dude, you can't walk, you got to put on a shirt, you know? <laughs> and, and he was like, oh, I guess you're right. You know, just not thinking about it. And then, um, and then little things like that over time, just kind of like you're refining and you're like, oh, we're making, you know, the culture better. And, and we're not a like bro culture anymore. And uh, I'm so proud of that, you know, and because 
and and sort of like leaned into different different ideas and um and so that's you know one of the the pieces i would say there's probably a handful of other examples how the culture has changed honest obviously that's going to happen when the company grows I and mean, we have 90 employees now uh it's a different company than when it was at 10 and everyone was like around the um we had a ping pong table that everyone would sit around and everyone knew everything about each other and that whole thing and that can't be replicated uh, in the same way now we have to you know if we have an all hands it's it's a it's a thing <laughs> like you have to prepare for it and like there's all this stuff that that happens um, but so so what it's important is that you have a set of principles uh, and values that kind of guide the company and become the North Star for what the company believes and is objective. Uh, and, and I can break a core value just like anybody else can break a core value. And they call me out on it. They say, hey, I don't think, you're, you know, one of our core values is to keep it light. Uh, uh, and sometimes I'm pretty serious and some, and, and, and if I'm serious about an issue and like, they're like, no, dude, you need to lighten up. This is, this is just stock music. We're not, you know, we're not solving cancer here. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's, that's kind of what I, those are some of the things that, that have evolved over the years. Uh, but it's, it's the, the core values are kind of at the center of, because the culture will undoubtedly change uh, in some ways. And I always like to say that we're not trying to preserve the culture. We're trying to nurture it into whatever the next phase is. Okay. All right. So, so real flexible when it comes, when it comes to change and when it comes to, uh, you know, I mean, demands are going to shift and, and people are, faces are going to change and, and, you know, you got to be flexible with that. I like Absolutely. that. Um, one one thing that, I, that I've seen over and over again uh, associated with Soundstripe is uh, the, the the phrase that we keep creatives creating. Mm -hmm. What a uh, couple of questions because that's a that's a loaded statement. I feel like we could just talk about that statement for this entire uh, episode. But but uh, the idea of like what what is a creative, and then uh, following up with that, can you uh, create creatives? Ooh, man, that's. That is a loaded question. Um, <laughs> like I said, we could spend the whole episode, I'm sure. We really could. We really could. Um, uh, you know, you know, David, I think that um, society has, has uh, really pinned creativity down, right? I think. I, we've, we've sort of put creativity in a box and said, you're over here with the weirdos and with like... Um, I often think that, and there's so many people, even our company, that will say, "Oh, I'm I'm not a I'm not a creative," you know, like I I'm, I work in finance, you know, mm -hmm. and what I've realized is that we sort of have this idea in society that creative is like you dress weird, like you're gonna show up looking like Jim Lassender from Pixar or something, like in a Hawaiian shirt, and you have to like be a certain way or play the guitar or paint or something. And I really wouldn't Albert Einstein be offended to not call him creative that 
like creating the, you know, theory of relativity or something, you know, it's, so I think creativity is sort of everywhere. Um, but I, I don't even know where you're going with this. It was, it, you got me on a, um, you got me going because, you know, our, our, our mission is to keep creatives creating. Uh, originally that was for, uh, filmmakers and for musicians. Uh, our, the, why we started the company is, is kind of what I mentioned at the beginning was it was very hard to, uh, make a living playing music, uh, and the blue collar musician. Um, so, our mission was to keep these creatives doing what they they do. Um, and so really that has evolved a lot because now I think of uh, creatives in our company. There's We have software engineers that are extremely creative and we have finance people that are extremely creative. And I've had to like take a, a look at like, what is creativity? You know, what is this whole thing? And the way I tend to think about it and I could be totally wrong, but it's, it's this idea of pursuing curiosity and you, you, you sort of have this curious state to you and, and you sort of like, it's sort of like saying, Oh, what if, what if I did this and paired it with that? Uh, that's being curious to things. And then, all of a sudden, if your muse kind of takes over or if that that thing inside you kind of takes over, that curiosity, that's you being creative. Uh, that could be playing the guitar or that could be solving the theory of relativity to me. Um, and, you know, I, I think that we should we shouldn't discriminate um, creative people on what they do. I, I think that's everywhere. And, um, and yeah, does that make sense? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm, I'm with, I'm on board with you too, with the, uh, the putting in a box of creatives. Like we, we like things to be neat. Our society is as designed things to be neat and, and put in categories and structured when the world is messy. Totally. And you know what, uh, to me, you know, what I think, why I think, uh, workplaces, um, often stifle creativity in many ways. Uh, I, and I've, I think it's because creativity lives in a realm of uncertainty. Uh, and workplaces do not like uncertainty. We like results. And creativity is not really about results. It's about kind of the process of it. Um, and And sort of living in that realm of uncertainty is kind of a part of the creative process. Like you don't say, like, you don't sit down and, Oh, I'm going to write the next hit, you know, uh, and write a, write a hit song. Like that doesn't happen like that. And I guess if you're, I don't know, somebody that could happen, but uh, if you're Paul McCartney, but I, I think, but the process of writing a song is really the, what create creativity is all about. And in the workplace, you know, we, what we do try to do at Soundstripe is is encourage people to go out and and try things that may not work. We kind of have a policy that, like you, I, I have never like 
like let somebody go because they failed at something. It's because it's usually because, you know, of something else or the process is, is they're not willing to, to get in there and try the process. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I tend to think that we, we need to do a better job in the workplace of, of letting people be creative because you, you don't, you know, I, I think it's going to end up poor for those businesses. They're constantly just looking to uh, make a widget go from A to B all day. Right. And so I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking a lot now, but. Uh, and, and it's interesting because everybody has kind of their own definition of creativity. It's such that you can't pin it down to like one set thing. Um, and, and it is that curiosity. And uh, over the last year, you know, and, and you mentioned uncertainty and, and, you know, creativity and curiosity lives in that realm. So over this last year, how have you kind of maintained uh, that culture and what challenges are you still facing uh, moving forward? Hmm. Yeah, pandemic. Oh, that thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just minimize it into like <laughs> that little thing. You know, it's it's funny. I I feel extremely. I'll start by saying I feel extremely lucky and blessed to uh, have a business that was mostly online or all online. Uh, we didn't have a restaurant to deal with, or all of the you know, or we weren't live musicians or performers that needed to go out on the road. Many of my friends, uh, you know, were without work in Nashville for a year. Um, so it is, uh, it's incredibly humbling that we were able to be just fine. We didn't let anybody go, um, that, that sort of thing. So, um, however, um, you know, what I saw from the team and us is like this, this heavy uncertainty kind of forced us all to uh, think outside the box and really think about what what's working and what's not working and be really quick to make decisions that maybe would have taken, taken you a year to think through and to have all the pieces and all the information. And, and, you know, I saw companies like come out of their shell. Like there was, I was listening to something about, Panera Bread and then like in two weeks time they just like launched this like grocery store marketplace for Panera you know all of these kind of innovations that uh, honestly wouldn't have not happened without this crazy thing that happened to us um, and so yeah that that's one piece there you know for us in particular we were fine I think it was definitely a challenge to, to figure out how to go remote and do it well. Uh, there, we were about 30, 30 or 40% remote before the pandemic, um, but to go 100% remote first um, is, is hard because especially for somebody that really uh, leans on human interaction uh, and, and looking at Zoom for 10 hours a day, eight hours a day. I mean, it just, it's, it kind of sucks for those kind of people. And for others, it, it was like, it was great. And so we had to kind of learn, get our footing around that. But about two or three months in, we're like, okay, I think this is good. And 
so far we've like kept this remote first thing and it's been it's been actually uh amazing i think it hasn't slowed productivity down at all you know yeah. um which is interesting yeah that's great to hear and um one more question what's next for soundstripe and uh what is what is one thing that's kind of getting in the way of that Ooh, that's a great question so you know soundstripe is in a in a position where I, i'll say in the beginning we're we're sort of one of the pioneers in creating a um subscription music licensing service we started in 2016 and we got very lucky with with uh this huge uh content creator world that came up and we have we keep being surprised about how the market keeps growing and the need for this like honestly we started with the ideas like oh my gosh it'd be great if if mike and i could support ourselves and we started with another co-founder trevor um and the three of us we could pay ourselves we maybe have a couple employees and that'd be that'd be great and then we just kept like pushing forward and pushing forward and it it really like soundstrike was never a uh, a fully baked idea that that we foresaw you know here's 10 years we're going to look exactly like this we sort of just kind of put one foot in front of the other and i feel like that's still what we're doing um you know we have sort of like we know that we um now like one of the fastest growing companies in tennessee and all these like awards that you win that, that's nice and all but i think when you get back to it, it really comes back down to the mission. And I keep asking myself every day, it's like, are we still, are we still relevant? Are we still doing what we're, we set out to do? And that's yes. You know, now we're, we've paid out millions of dollars to artists every year. And that's something that I'm extremely proud of. We'll keep doing that. And, you know, we just want to become a great company. You know, we never wanted to, uh, you know, build a fast growing startup, Silicon Valley kind of like TV show style where, you know, I don't care about revenue. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you've seen that show, but it's, it's great. Like where they, they say, Oh, revenue. No, we don't want revenue. <laughs> like it's basically this, this startup culture that they don't care about building great companies. They just want, you know, the flash in the pan so they can like exit for a lot of money. And we, we always want to just create a great company. And we have the ability now, I think, to create one of the great music companies in Nashville and, and beyond. And we're, we're just thrilled to be able to keep, keep doing that. Um, and as far as, you know, hey, look, we, we, we see obstacles all day long. You know, I think Netflix says uh, that they compete with people that decide – they're not just competing with Amazon and Hulu and Disney. They compete with like board game nights with people drinking wine, you know, <laughs> and that's, that's interesting. Right. And for us, you know, yeah, of course, competition is, it has definitely heated up in our market. We have to think through that. Um, but, you know, 
we just think about serving our customer. We stay very focused on that. Um, there's a lot of obstacles that will come your way. Um, we try not to think too much about that. Just got to keep the creatives creating. Just keep them creating, man. <laughs> awesome. Uh, is there anything that, that you would like to plug um, in particular? Well, obviously, uh, if you if you are a company, a marketer, uh, an agency, a YouTuber, uh, and uh, need music, soundstripe.com is um, a great choice. Think about us next time you do that. Uh, otherwise, you can you can find uh, me uh, at uh, travisterrell.live, L-I-V-E. I, uh, write a blog there on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. Uh, would love to to hear from you, but that that's it. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to prove that uh, that you can laugh at work, and uh, it's it's very evident to me that you you might not know it, but uh, you're you're one of the the leaders that I reach out to who thinks like a comedian. Um, in that you know, you're not push, putting things in boxes and seeing things as black or white. There's a lot of nuance to it. And I appreciate you sharing that aspect of leadership uh, with with our audience here today. That's awesome. Well, now I'm I'm humbled and, and I was intimidated to talk to a comedian. I was like, oh my gosh, how do I how do I be funny? And, uh, and I'm like, actually, you don't have to be funny. Just be real. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I would rather you do that than 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 try to pull out your favorite dad joke, for sure. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you can't laugh at that. Thank you for listening to this episode of You Can't Laugh at That's You Can't Laugh at Work series with Travis Terrell of Soundstripe. If you want to learn more about Soundstripe, visit them at soundstripe.com. Let me say that again, soundstripe.com without choking on my own words. And you can follow them on social media, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Follow Travis. Uh, check out his blog as well. He is definitely somebody that you want to follow. Uh, he's got a lot of great insights on what it means to be creative. And that is something that we need now more than ever in the workplace. We have to be able to look at our problems and be curious about new ways to approach them. Curiosity is creativity. They're, they go hand in hand. And so make sure you lean into that. That's definitely something that I learned from this episode and uh, I hope you did as well. So make sure you follow us all on social media. I'm on social media at the David Horning on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me on Facebook. I do have a fan page for my speaking and consulting and training business. And of course, Water Cooler Comedy. Make sure you follow You Can't Laugh at That on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod. On Facebook, You Can't Laugh at That. Check out watercoolercomedy.org where we specialize in corporate comedy experiences as well as keynotes, consulting training courses, and so on. Watercoolercomedy.org, where we help you make work the time and place to laugh. Catch you next time.